Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 165, Projection. It's December 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, podcaster, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. My music is by Howie Mosman. Projection. Well, I am not talking about a projection machine or projection in any other sense other than psychology. Before I start sharing this amazing concept with you, I do want to invite you to visit my website and enter my giveaway. I do want to make sure you understand my disclaimer that I am not a therapist or medical health professional in any capacity and nothing I say in this podcast or any of my content is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. I would definitely appreciate it immensely if you would let anyone know who is in the deaf or hard of hearing community that I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts, which transcripts, by the way, are not all that common yet. They're coming, but I'm, I'm the leading edge on that starting last year with my transcripts. Transcripts, by the way, are also good for hearing people because you can print things out, you can write on them, you can make notes, which was the reason I actually started with transcripts in 2022. My last piece is if you are suicidal, if life is too hard for you, if you are struggling, if it, you just can't seem to, to hold on, my request, I'm begging you, is to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 or you can call or text 988. You, if you're feeling suicidal, you're probably feeling that way because of trauma and childhood adverse experiences or later adult trauma and all the skills that you weren't taught, which are required to be human. So if you understood the, 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 the vastness of what I'm saying, you would probably feel like a million bucks. Anyway, take the help because there's plenty available. Now, projection. I am talking about projection as a psychology term. And this is extremely helpful to know. I'm telling you, I think this, this as well as many other basic psychology terms are very powerful. I obviously think that because way back in the day, I did a podcast titled psychology terms you should know, or psychology terms people should know, or something like that. Which by the way, that was more than a year ago, maybe two years ago. At any rate, I could do a part two for that because this year in 2023, we've added trauma, betrayal trauma, betrayal blindness, trauma bonding, triangulation. We've, 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 we've really come across some brand new topics that are, oh, affect almost everybody. And projection, by the way, affects pretty much everybody. So, Projection in psychology is basically the process where you displace your feelings 
on to someone else or something else or an animal or what have you. Now, it's this was started back in the day, well, by Freud and then his daughter. It may have actually started somewhere else, but who knows. But it's at least written that Freud was the originator of this. And most commonly, it's, it's described as a defense mechanism or a defensive act where you can't really be with unacceptable urges or unacceptable feelings. So in this regard, projection is not something that people are usually conscious of. It's not a conscious, oh, I don't like those feelings, so I'm going to project them on my partner. Or, oh, I don't like this urge, so I'm going to project it onto my sibling or my parent or my neighbor or my coworker. That's It's not a conscious process. It's an unconscious, subconscious process. And it is actually a way of coping with life. It's actually one of the reasons people get into it is because they don't have emotional abilities. So projection can be positive, although projection is predominantly referred to in the negative context. So you could project feelings of esteem, of admiration, of, you know, respect or something. You could, you could project positive emotions onto another person or object, but typically projection in psychology does have a negative cast to it. Not always, but most that's, that's the, the negative. So when an emotion is too difficult to acknowledge, what happens to the emotion that you have that's too difficult to acknowledge? Well, what we know from the research is emotions you don't manage and process, they lie in your subconscious, unconscious mind until such a time as you deal with them or until such a time as they just literally explode. So impulses or emotions or thoughts that are too difficult for you to deal with will oftentimes be projected onto another person, which can then spare your self-esteem and spare you really having to deal with the difficult emotions, or they might make the difficult emotions more tolerable. So let me expand on this by giving an example. So one example is a parent who feels like a failure. So a parent who feels like a failure would be likely, highly likely, to say to their child or to their children, you won't ever amount to anything, why bother trying, you're a failure, and, and other kinds of negative statements of that genre or of that cast. And in that example, the parent is, is projecting their failure onto their child. And again, this is extremely common. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I have, have heard say to me that their parents said things like that or worse, like, I wish you were never born. So projection is common. Now, going back to the example, the problem with the parent projecting their failure onto their child or children becomes exacerbated or magnified significantly if the child then takes on that message. If the child then internalizes the message and takes the message on as their own, they will then believe that they're a failure. So hopefully you can see this is extremely problematic. So one term for this is pro 
projective identification. Projective identification occurs where, in some relationships, not all, but where the target of the projection identifies with and then expresses those feelings that have been projected on to them, which is a deeper stage of distortion. So in the example where the child is told, you will never amount to anything, don't bother, you're a failure, you're a loser, etc. And then the child starts to believe it and takes it on as if they are a loser, a failure, and that is projective identification. So in romantic relationships, this is, this so first of all, projection happens all over the place at work and families and in, in marriages and in relationships and in intimate and in friendships and projection is kind of ubiquitous. It's all over the place. This is not something that is limited to people who of a certain personality trait. It's more common maybe in some personality traits, like if you have irrational thinking, and it's especially more common if you don't have emotional skills. But this is a ubiquitous situation that happens all the time, all the time. Uh, so in a romantic relationship, you know, sometimes a partner will project their impulses or their feelings onto their partner. Now, the problem becomes, well, that's a problem to begin. It can be a problem to begin with, I would say. But it becomes magnified if the partner then accepts and takes those feelings on as if it's true. Now, oftentimes we'll see a narcissist or psychopath, a sociopath, or someone with an antisocial personality disorder or a borderline personality disorder who will say <clears throat> things to their partner or spouse or significant other like, oh, you're cheating on me. When in fact, they are the one who is cheating. So they can't be with their own behavior. And so they're projecting their own behavior onto their spouse or their partner. Or, oh, you're a liar. Well, <coughs> their spouse might not be a liar, but they might be a liar. So it's very common. Now, <coughs> if you're in a romantic relationship, if you and your partner are having the same fight over and over, that could be a sign projection is going on, or it could be a sign of something else. Uh, if you're upset with your partner, but you don't know why, it could be projection. And if there's confusion about your re reaction or your partner's reaction to a situation, that could also signal that it could be projection. Now, I will say, having read M. Scott, Beck, M. M. Scott Peck's book, MD, People of the Lie, confusion is often a red flag waving for lying, lying or tactics of manipulation or deception. So when there is confusion, it could be projection for sure. At the same time, it could absolutely be an indicator of someone's not telling the truth or someone's lying. So what are the things that people project? Well, I've already told you emotions and impulses, but things that, here's a, a short list of things that people project, generally speaking. Judgment, criticism, condemnation, pent up emotions, shame, personal insecurities, which could also be professional insecurities, fears, worries, concerns, trauma, particularly unhealed or unidentified or unresolved trauma, <clears throat> unfair, unreasonable or unrealistic expectations, parental behaviors, traits, statements and beliefs, suppressed fantasies or desires, which could be also repressed, uh, be certain beliefs about cures, 
abandonment issues and pain from the past are some of the things that people now I have to tell myself and say it's not cure beliefs it's core beliefs you could project your core beliefs so you see that's a huge birth there that's like a wide path we've got everything from judgments criticism and condemnation which let me just speak to that for a moment so I I had a situation some time ago that involved triangulation so that means Somebody wasn't there <clears throat> and somebody projected their condemnation, their criticism and their, their harsh judgment on this other party. And they projected it as if I was the one saying those things. Well, you know, if you listen to enough of my podcast, you understand I am a very nice person. I know, too nice for my own good. Well, maybe I'm not so nice anymore, but I probably will be. But I don't think the worst of people. I believe the best in people. I'm not somebody who engages in gossip, and I certainly would not gossip and say horrible things about a person because I was raised, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But at any rate, this person uh, had all these horrible things to say about this this other individual and attribute it to me which caused obviously a lot of problems but people do this you know whether it's expectations they could be unfair unreasonable you know abandonment is all it's the whole shebang it's the whole it's like the big it's the mother load so i already mentioned that projection could be in a positive light but it's not usually so what do we do about this? Well, first of all, I would like to give you some potential signals because the problem is if someone's projecting, you're not really getting the real them, right? They're, they're, they're not able to be honest and say, you know, I'm angry about something. So instead of saying, I'm angry about my job or I'm angry that, you know, you you, you get a lot of attention or I'm angry that people like you or whatever that then they're projecting as if you're angry about this and you're this and you're that that's a showstopper in a relationship, right? Because you're not, you don't, unless you know about projection, you can pick up on it. The key, the valuable thing about this is being able to pick up on it and go, Hmm. Yeah. I, I know I'm not that. I know that's not my problem. I know I don't feel that way. I know blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Maybe it's projection. So here's some potential signs to help you um, maybe sort it out. So irrational thinking. Now, hopefully, if you're following along with my podcast, you've gotten the message this year, more than two years before, that rational thinking is really important. Well, as a rational thinker, I didn't really understand that the predominance of irrational thinking, and nor did I understand the impact. I mean, I understood the impact from a particular, a couple particular relationships being negative, but I didn't really get the whole idea of a cognitive distortion is what I'm talking about with irrational thinking because irrational thinking changes the person's reality. It changes their view, their thoughts, their judgments and in a different way. And they're not with you in the present moment sharing the same reality because it's like they're living in a distorted world. So irrational thinking is probably a part and party to projection. Uh, blame. 
if there's blame going on, well, blame can be blame can be related to a number of things, but it could be could be a sign of projection, particularly if it's not justified or it's not fair. Now, when you take a hit or emotionally or mentally or after being around someone, so like you 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 get unwanted criticism or you're being accused of something or falsely accused or something's really been taken out of context or distorted, that could be a signal or it could be a sign that projection is going on. You will have to sort it out. If someone is acting as if they are the victim in a situation, that could be projection. Uh, if they're overreacting, like they're overly hurt, overly sensitive, overly offended, whatever, if, they're, if their reaction is inconsistent with the situation, uh, that could be a sign or could be a signal of projection. Now, I do have to mention at this point that I did do a podcast um, about people who are frequently hurt or offended. And if you have certain a certain temperament, and the temperament would be typically, typically, low self-esteem, negative thinking, overthinking, catastrophizing, ruminating, brooding, and, and low emotional abilities and irrational thinking. If you have that swirling vortex, which would be common, by the way, it's very common, then you would be extremely likely to be overly hurt, offended all the time, hurt all the time. You know, like that would be your reaction because you have those ways of thinking and you have those things going on kind of like the byproduct of those things. So I'm just mentioning that because if you're overly hurt or sensitive, it could be something else. It might not be projection. Uh, if there's ongoing accusations, that could be a flag. It could be a signal. If someone has trouble admitting they're wrong, that might be a sign, might be a sign, or they could just be overly righteous and opinionated and judgmental and know-it-all. Or if it's a recurring pattern, a recurring pattern could be a sign. If you know that what is being said is not true and has no merit, then it is extremely likely that it's projection. So, um, and I do have to mention, so when I take a dive into the research, it's very interesting because, you know, we were lacking consensus in most areas of psychology, sadly, but we're, we are also lacking consensus in a significant number of areas of medicine, mainstream medicine about, you know, different things. Like, for example, I had a piece of sterile Gore-Tex put over my uterus because I had a tumor that was fibroid tumor that was eight times larger than my uterus. And at the time, sterile Gore-Tex was not FDA approved for that use, for that indication being used as a prevention for adhesions. Well, I did, I did opt for something that was not FDA approved. Thank goodness. That was like the one of the best decisions I've made because adhesions from what I've learned from other people, I mean, I don't have any, are extremely painful, extremely painful, can be debilitating and can last a lifetime. F the FDA has since approved sterile Gore-Tex for that application. So the research though, however, so the research is very up in the air on many things. And on this topic of projection, one research article, I said, use the word convoluted. So according to at least one research piece, the research on projection is convoluted. So I am not presenting this as, oh, we have agreement. I mean, there's agreement that projection is a thing, 
we, we have agreement to that. And we have some uh, kind of a, agreement that it's, it's not, it's not a great thing, but we, it's apparently according to the research, it's convoluted. So you know that. So let's, let me go come back to this idea I was talking about earlier about why is this helpful for you to know? Well, hopefully you're really getting the sense, but number one, hopefully you want to have really great, healthy relationships with the people in your life. I mean, I hope that's where you're coming from. And if that's the case, then that means it would be very critical and important for you to understand how they feel and how they're thinking and what's going on with them. Like, I, I would hope you would want that. So when someone is projecting onto you, um, you would it would be valuable to know that. Like, if what they're saying, if they're saying to you, well, you're unhappy when you know that you're happy, that, that, that you'd know, well, I'm happy, so that must be projection <laughs> because it's not true. Um, it would be helpful because then you would realize, oh, they're probably, they might be really unhappy. Like, it's just helpful because you don't want to have a misguided miscommunication with the people that are significant in your life. And so projection is in the way of that. If you understand projection and you can sort it out, you don't have to say, oh, you're projecting. I mean, you could. <laughs> I, I do not frequently say that. <laughs> I have you know, thought it several times, but um, it depends on the situation. But it's helpful for you to have really healthy, really positive, great relationships to understand this because people do this. They do it all the time. Um, this understanding can help you make sense of relationships. So you might have some relationships and you're thinking, why am I having problems with this person? Like, why, why is this going on? And so a little bit of psychology in particular, I'm talking about projection, but all of the different terminology that I use in uh, the podcast on psychology terms you should know will help you sort out and make sense of your relationships because sometimes all you need to do to have a relationship work more smoothly is understand that the two of you or the group of you think differently. Like I think very differently from most people. Apparently this is, this is something I just recently have uh, learned. Like I've been look kind of, it's been in my face for the last many years, but really in my face of late. And so, so then sometimes when I bump heads with someone, I go, oh, well, you know, you and I think differently. We have some different values. We have some different expectations, but we think differently. And that's really helpful because I don't say things to annoy people. Of course, I, one of my trauma responses is I do not like bothering people. I do not like annoying people. That's one of my trauma responses. So of course, I'm never going to bother someone on purpose. I am never going to annoy someone on purpose because I do the opposite. So this idea of, of projection and other psychology terms can help you sort out relationships, can help you figure out why is it not working. And subsequent, number three, as a byproduct of why this is helpful, is you can really drill down and cut out some drama. I am not a fan of drama in any way, shape, or form. And the psychology that I've learned in the last 20 years, or however many, 15, whatever, has been wildly helpful in taking the drama to almost zero. 
because when you understand someone's projecting, you don't have to be upset. Like you could go, hmm. Yeah, in your head, you can think, no, I'm not unhappy. No, I'm not cheating. No, I'm not a liar. No, I didn't take money out of the bank and not tell you. Um, but you you don't have to defend yourself. If you understand projection, you don't have to defend yourself. You can be in a conversation with someone. I was, I was in the hospital for my car accident, and I had a conversation with someone. I won't say whether they were there or on the phone because it doesn't matter. And they were just, like, projecting massively. And I, and it was very upsetting to me. And I, and I think I was, well, I was crying, but I, I thought to myself, wow, this is really sad. And they're projecting. And I didn't even get into it because I don't need to defend myself. I do not need to defend how I live life, my decisions, what I do. And I don't need to call people out if they're projecting, you know, I, and I don't even have to call people out if they're being cruel or mean. Like, you know, I don't have to do any of those things. So, but if you are committed to having next to no drama in your life, this is a helpful concept to know. And the other thing, number four, is it can help you distinguish patterns and interrupt patterns. So sometimes uh, it might not be drama per se, but it might be some pattern that you pick up on because you're now familiar with this. And some of the patterns you could pick up on is maybe your coworker lacks emotional abilities or lacks emotional regulation and they engage in projection when they're just, they can't handle themselves. So uh, my next thing is, <laughs> you know, I just said this, but you know, you can call people out on this, but you don't have to. I mean, sometimes it's appropriate to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not unhappy. I'm not sure why you're saying that. I'm not sure what your evidence is because I don't see any evidence. Um, what's your evidence? Why are you saying that? Because it seems like you're projecting. Like you can definitely say that. You don't have to say that. Maybe it's appropriate you do say that. Maybe not. It depends on your circumstance. I, I can't tell you. With We'd have to go situation by situation. So, um, but it can be helpful in figuring out what you should do. Because you've got someone who's projecting. Uh, maybe it's in your friend group or what have you, you know, at some point you might want to figure out what's your best tactical maneuver. Like what's your, what's your end game? What are you going to do about it? And as I already said, sometimes I just do nothing. I just let people do their thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are, are like thinking I'm depressed because, okay, I did have a nearly fatal car accident. Yes, that's true. And yes, I cried five to 10 minutes every day for five or more weeks, maybe five and a half. We're not really sure because I didn't keep track, but that was a limited cry. Okay. A bad day was maybe twice a day, uh, in the early weeks. But for the most part, I was very upbeat and happy because I was processing my loss, sadness, and the shock. It was a huge shock, big shock. It's still a shock. I know I, all this time later, you think I wouldn't be shocked. No, I'm still shocked about it. Uh, and I'm seeing all the value. I'm seeing all this value that that uh, the universe wanted to shake things up a little bit and give me some some new insights. But there was a lot of projection going on that I would be really depressed. And I'm not a fan of depression. I, I've certainly had uh, lifelong uh, in, in interactions and situations where I've been depressed. And I've had depressing things happen to me all my life, but I've learned to be happy separate from my circumstances. So I could have a depressing circumstance or a depressing 
situation or a depressing, nasty thing happened to me that's deeply depressing and it doesn't leave me in a state of depression because who I'm being is not depression. I'm being love, I'm being happiness. And I'm in the background, I'm processing that hurtful thing, that trauma, that car accident. Yes, I'm still processing the car accident and I probably will be processing the car accident for the rest, well, into 2024. But I wasn't depressed. I wasn't left in a state of depression. As the hospital staff and clearly the rehab staff, oh, hi to the Cedarwood rehab people. If anybody are listening to, to me, I hope you got all your thank you cards and I still think about you. So um, they could tell you that I wasn't depressed. Oh, no, I went out, strolled around in my wheelchair, doing podcasts and enjoying life. But people were projecting, oh, you know, like depression. They were de projecting that I was in pain. No, my pain was managed very well. And I took myself off of pain meds in early October while I was in rehab. Because why? I don't, I don't need it. But people will project. So then you have to decide what is your best tactical maneuver on the projection. Are you going to do something or not. So I'm going to give you some ideas of things that you can do relative to projection that will be, in my opinion, very helpful. So the first one is self-awareness. Well, how do you feel? If you are aware of how you feel in any given moment, or generally speaking, then you can make a decision in that moment. Is what's being said true for you? Is it accurate? Is it truthful? So ramping up your self-awareness will be huge in distinguishing whether projection is going on or not. Now, I do have a podcast I did recently on mindfulness or being present, which will help you because the whole thing about mindfulness or being present is awareness. It's a heightened awareness, a heightened awareness of yourself, other people. So mindfulness or, or being present will help you. And now I have a, a, a podcast on that. I also have a podcast on self-awareness separately, but you being aware of how you're feeling, obviously, like when someone said to me, well, you know, you're, you're taking and hiding money, <laughs> which was, oh, laughable. Uh, it's too bad I wasn't hip on the whole tactics of manipulation and projection. I could have said, hmm, maybe they're taking family money and hiding it. But in anyway, self-awareness is number one. That will help you. Number two, then this is not in order, by the way, but number two, which could actually be of most important, but we're, I have it listed as number two, is growing your emotional skills. So here's the, here's the real deal, people. So we live in a world in 2023 where emotional intelligence is very small. The percentage of people who have high emotional intelligence is, is it's rare. It's very, it's very rare. Then we have people who are emotionally intelligent, but they really are that hip on, on some of the emotional processing things. So if you take on emotional regulation, identifying your emotions, being able to manage them and being able to process them, which are things you do in your mind, this will change your life dramatically. Like my suggestion would be to grow your emotional skills like wildfire. To that end, I have a free emotional workbook on my website. It's version 5.0 right below the Newsweek 
logo. Now, I'm changing it. I'm adding a table of contents page, and I'm stuck on that because my my software, my computer is new. My software is new. My computer will not generate appropriate table of contents. So I, I think I'm going to have to delete some text and type it in again because I've tried every workaround. I've looked at too many videos. I know the steps to generate a table of contents. It's just taking some text that's not coded for the table of contents and inserting it. But anyway, that booklet, it's over 20 pages, has basic psychology that, yes, if you want to manage and process your emotions properly to the best, you will need to know a little bit about psychology. Because if you are the scapegoat in your family or you're the scapegoat at work or you're the scapegoat on the sports team or in the association or the neighborhood community, that's a game changer. That's a complete and utter game changer in how you would manage and process your emotions because you're the scapegoat. So you're never going to win. You, you, you're you not going to win. Or if you are uh, the safe person for someone, I was just discussing that with someone today. If you're the safe person for your friend, for your parent, for your sibling, for your child, for whomever, your best friend of 20, whatever, that's a game changer. Things are going to be different because they will do things because you're their safe person. So get on the bandwagon for growing your emotional skills and abilities. I've got a workbook. I know it doesn't look great right now because I don't have a table of contents. It will, it will come. It will come. Uh, so that's number two. Number three is mindfulness, which I already mentioned under the self-awareness. So being mindful, being present. I mean, they're, they're not exactly the same thing. Self-awareness is part of being mindful or being present, but self self-awareness is and uh, is by all by itself a whole category. My next suggestion that will help you in identifying projection and hopefully reducing it is moving towards being open-minded or openness. Now, I did a recent podcast on openness or being open-minded, which was fascinating to me because in the research for that podcast, the one of the things I learned, if it wasn't for that podcast, it was for another recent one, was that when people are not open-minded, so if you're not open-minded, you might tend to be kind of always have to be right. You might be judgmental, arrogant, opinionated, and know-it-all, anybody of that, that kind of flavor. They're frequently that way because of trauma and they are unable to root around in their mind to check out their values, check out their judgments, check out their perceptions and, and look at it because it's unsafe. It's psychologically unsafe to look at themselves. It's unsafe to root around in their mind, which is very sad to me and very tragic. But once I read that in the research, I thought, oh, this makes complete sense. Let's go back to my second suggestion, which is what? Learning emotional skills and abilities. That will help you feel safe. The reason people don't feel safe psychologically often, maybe almost all the time, but I don't know, but very often is because they lack emotional skills and abilities. So any actions you take towards becoming more open-minded or open will help you in all areas of life and in particularly with projection. Now, the next suggestion, number five, is rational thinking. Well, I hate to belabor a point, but if you're looking at the world and you're, the way you look at the world is flawed, 
or inaccurate, mm, I would hope you'd want to get on that. And you can get on that and you can fix that. The podcast I have on that is Cognitive Distortions. We don't have agreement on how many there are. We don't have agreement on lots of things, but I at least give you some suggestions under the topic of cognitive distortions, which is what we call that. And my last suggestion, if you are interested in, in really having, get, getting projection handled, I would call that, let's call it getting projection kind of taken care of, would be to focus, focus your energy, focus your time, focus your efforts on creating your life powerfully and having love and affection in your life in abundance. Because the more you focus on creating your life powerfully, having a magical life, having a life where you go, oh, pinch me, pinch me, is this my life? Yes, people. I, I know I can't really walk well yet. I'm waiting for some special shoes to arrive. Well, a shoe for my, my surgical foot. Um, but I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying my life, even though I'm not mobile like I was. I'm not, I'm not suffering. I'm not suffering in any way. Um, because I'm creating my life powerfully. I'm creating my life magically. Like, yes, I am totally on board. An amazing man is going to show up. Okay, well, we're almost at the end of the year. So if not this year, in 2024, for sure. And I'm like just doing, I'm doing what I love. I'm happy. I feel so lucky. I feel so blessed. And that's how I've been feeling for years. Like really, uh, I've been so lucky and so blessed. When you, listening to this podcast, take your time away from drama, from blaming, from projection, from feeling sorry for yourself, from, you know, being the victim, from being anything other than Hmm. What is my future? Like, what do I want? What would give me that? Oh my gosh. I cannot even believe this is my life. Like I can't even believe it's my life. Well, that's the life I've created for myself and I'm excited. Life will change. It will shift. Your BS meter will go like down to a dull roar because you know what you want for yourself and you're going after it. So those are my suggestions. Please understand, projection happens all the time. This, in my opinion, is like ubiquitous. It's also one of the underpinnings, as hopefully I laid out with why this is important, for miscommunications, misunderstandings, and relationships that are problematic or having trouble. So it's valuable for you to understand this. I hope this has been helpful and get on board. Don't be, If you realize you engage in projection, it's not the time to beat yourself up. What would be helpful would be to say, woohoo, I just realized I was projecting. Like celebrate that instead of beating yourself up. But hopefully you see a little bit of psychology could go a very long way to helping you live an amazing life. All right. I love you. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 165, Projection. I hope you understand what I'm talking about now in psychology, the concept of projection, which can be extremely helpful in navigating relationships, in navigating life, in navigating communication. It's just very helpful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please, of course, subscribe. You wouldn't want to miss one. And definitely, please share this on social media or with your friends and family because the world would be very different if people understood this basic psychology concept. 
I hope you're hanging in there. I hope you're doing well. I'm here to help you. I do love you. That's it for now.